Amen. So I am taking a risk. I am stepping out. I am doing something I don't know that I've ever done before. Uh, I really felt like the Lord put it on my heart. I had a, a central theme, a message that he gave me, but you may not notice, but I don't have sermon notes. I am supposed to share the outline of what I feel the Lord put on my heart and just go with the, the flow as best I can. Um, and so if this uh, message crashes and burns, don't blame me. Um, I'm just trying to be obedient. In fact, um, it's, I hadn't even hadn't even dawned on me till this very moment uh there's a theme for this in my prayer and worship time study time this morning the lord used a phrase i've never heard before he invited me to consider the great adventure of obedience and he challenged me to participate in that great adventure of obedience and i thought well that's a different kind of concept for me that's there's an excitement, there's an anticipation, there is this uh, uh, sense of awe that as you're listening to the Lord, as you're spending time with the Lord, uh, and then you respond to what he's doing, you actually are going to touch the greatest place of grace and empowerment in your life. In fact, I, I hope that some of you feel sorry for me. I ask you to pray for me because Lori has been harassing me lately uh, that she's been hearing from friends, she's been hearing from national speakers and others, that there's a theme right now in this season for the church. And that's that if in this time, we're not pressing into God's presence, if we're not getting tuned in to clearly, regularly hearing the voice of the Lord, then we're not going to be able to face the challenges and the circumstances that already are in front of us and the greater opportunities that God is even bringing. And I know it's an old theme, but the Lord was even speaking to me about it this morning, of am I going to keep doing good things in my life, or am I going to do the right things in my life that he is highlighting for me, that he's leading me in, that he wants to empower me to be a part of. And so I have a specific prophetic challenge actually for each one of us myself included that you know as we have this season of reset this season of challenge this season of opportunity this is the time to practice to really tune your heart more than maybe any other time in your life to really becoming sensitive to the spirit to hearing his voice and responding in that great adventure of obedience and so uh, while I was praying what he had for us today, <clears throat> really the adventure for me starts in, in what he said. He basically said for our community and those who are listening, that this is the time in a new way to care for one another. To really look for creative opportunities, but to seek him. And so... Basically, what he was telling me is to first ask him for who is someone that he wants you to serve, to show kindness to, <clears throat> to bless, to invest in, and then ask him how to do that. So for many years, uh, Lori and I have had to make hard decisions and deal with sometimes challenging situations and people, 
And, and early on, I learned that I need to know when and how to respond to the circumstances of my life. So I sit with the Lord with areas that I have to make decisions about, and I roll over in my mind, how would I say it? And, you know, what would be the right way to speak the truth concerning this matter and to say it with compassion and with love? And often, it takes a long time for me to come to a place of faith, of peace, that, oh, that sounds right to me. That sounds like the tone of the way the Father would speak to this situation. And uh, in one instance early in my life, um, there was a, uh, a person that I needed to confront on behalf of our leadership, and they were helping oversee a ministry, but they were doing it honestly in their own uh, human soul, in their own strength of their personality and their willpower. They were freaking people out. They would be kind of aggressive and I don't know about you, but I'm learning the grace of being confrontable. Um, I love when you can talk with people and they, they don't get defensive, but their heart is open. Uh, but this person wasn't like that. And so uh, the situation was deteriorating. Um, it was assigned to me to deal with it. And I will never forget, I, I had calls from intercessors. I had calls from other staff members. It took me two months to get to the when and how to deal with the situation, to talk to this individual. And by the way, there was pressure. There were people like, you gotta deal with it now. Why are you procrastinating? Are you avoiding this conflict? Why don't you deal with it? It's affecting people. Haba, haba, haba. And, and I felt that pressure, but I didn't have peace in my heart yet for dealing with it. And after two months, finally it's like, oh, oh, I could say it this way and that feels right and it's honest and it's caring and it's caring for them, it's caring for others. Okay, I got the words. And by the way, in my life, when I get the assignment, when I get the right words, that often is the confirmation for that, the win, for the timing of that confrontation. And I'll never forget, I called the person, I set an appointment to meet with them a week later and uh, they came in and we sat down and I told them what the subject was and they kind of stiffened up, they bristled a little bit and then all of a sudden they, they looked at me and they said, you know what? I really think the Lord has been talking to me about this the last week. And even though it isn't really something I want to hear, I think I need to listen. And, and it didn't even dawn on me till later that when they began to have the Lord speak to them about it was the same time I felt released to set the appointment. And so their heart was so well prepared that even a person who didn't do well with confrontation was actually very uh, willing to be constructive in the way we were gonna proceed uh, in that situation. And it, it really became uh, a guiding light for me in my decision-making. And so, Getting back to the theme of uh, how do we care for one another, um, we do it prayerfully, and we do it carefully. We do it in response, in faith, in obedience to the timing and the way that the Lord would tell us to do that. So one of my favorite verses in the Bible probably is Romans 5, 8, and it says that God demonstrates love in that while we were yet sinners he died for us we didn't deserve it we didn't earn it um, i don't know that jesus was emotionally motivated to die for all of us and shower us with his love and his kindness he knew it was the right thing 
but his actions spoke even louder than his words. And so for us, caring for one another, we need to think of those ways of demonstrating love and sometimes to people who actually are acting more like our enemies. And, but we don't do it in our own timing. How, we don't do it in our own creativity. Um, I would say one of the, the key verses that I've used prayerfully for more than any other verse my whole life is James 1.5. And it says, if any lack wisdom, you ask and the Lord will give it generously to all without finding fault. If you're about to have a meeting, you're with a group, you're having a family meeting, you're doing anything, to be able in faith, without doubting, to be able to say, God, I want your wisdom. I want your words. I want your perspective. And that's actually the attitude of your heart that if the Lord shows you what he wants you to do, there's already a willingness, even when it confounds your understanding, to obey the, the prompting of the Lord. And so I pray that in great, great faith. Uh, and if I have to press in for a week, a month, however long, I keep pressing in. Uh, but Bill Johnson gives a great guideline for how do you know when you've actually encountered the wisdom of God. And uh, maybe before I even frame this for you, I, I want to let you know there's a challenge. Uh, I do believe the Lord is calling us in this season to press into his presence, to not just keep doing good things, but to do the things that we really feel the Lord is putting on our heart and highlighting for us. Uh, Yonggi Cho, the pastor, leader of the Korean church, uh, had a church movement that shook a whole nation where more than 50% of the country, as far as I understand it, are born-again, spirit-filled, loving Jesus kind of believers. And how in the world do you so impact a culture that people are affecting their entire, influencing their entire economy and communities. And, and he was asked what the secret of that movement was. And I'll never forget, I heard him. He was at a local church. And he just smiled. He was filled with this peace and joy you could see on him. And he said, ah, we pray and we obey. <laughs> and I know this is, again, going to sound like a simplistic message, but there's a heart challenge. There's a cry in my heart, hunger right now to take that more seriously than I have before in new areas of my life. And the very first one I want to challenge you to is to think of someone in your sphere of influence, a friend, a family member, a member of our community, and ask the Lord, who do you want me to do an act of kindness for? Who do you want me to bless? And then, part two, ask, how do you want me to bless them? This is an assignment. I want you, and if you want to be courageous, then go, okay, I'm going to bless somebody once this month. If you want to be more aggressive, I'm going to bless somebody once a week. Uh, I'm actually asking the Lord to stretch me even more. Father, I want to bless somebody at least every day. Not with a good idea but with a God idea. Not in my own compassion or my own desire, but because I feel the Lord's put some one specifically on my heart and put something specific for me to do for them. So 
That is my challenge for everyone listening. We can't just keep hearing about these things, but we've got to engage. We've got to respond. We've got to step out and, and see the power of God released through our obedience, through our letting him lead and responding uh, to that. And so uh, Bill Johnson talked about how do you know when you're getting a, good, a God idea, not just a good idea. How do you know when you're really encountering the wisdom of God for how to deal with a situation? And he gave three measures, three areas that the wisdom of God manifests in. Uh, one of them is there's always integrity. It's honest. It's truthful. It's dealing with reality. It's ethical. It's right. There's just this sense of wholeness about it. And so does it feel like it has integrity, the thing God's putting on my heart to do? Um, the other area is there's a natural creativity. Uh, the, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit isn't contained or limited by human understanding or past experience. There's an otherliness about it. There are times like, whoa, I never would have thought of that. But that is so fun. That is so out of the box. That is, wow, okay. And, and then the third area of encountering God's wisdom is there is an excellence. It's not cutting any corners. It's not fly by night. It's not half-hearted. But there is a shininess, a, a quality, uh, the integrity, the creativity. But then the execution is done in just a, a perfect kind of way. And so for me, that's a prayer tool as I'm considering uh, you know, who I really want to, to be a blessing for, what that blessing is going to look like. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to get you to think outside of the box. By the way, I'm also driving you to your secret place. I'm driving you to your prayer room. So the assignment is, again, to ask God, who do you want me to bless and how do you want me to bless them? And then spend time, let that gentle peace come, use that as a prayer tool. You know, I... I'm one of those people who sometimes will struggle during the holiday season for whatever reason, uh, but I've noticed a pattern when I begin to buy gifts for other people, and when I think of one that I know is going to be unexpected and really a blessing and really fun for an individual, and they're going to feel cared about, all of a sudden I start getting excited about Christmas. Then I start looking forward to, whoa, I get to give this away, and let that be the blessing in somebody's life that, you know, I would want it to be. I don't know about you. I, and I've started to learn, why don't I start getting gifts earlier so I don't just suffer through the Christmas season? Why don't I start being intentional about the gift I want to give? And, and honestly, I almost feel like this message that God's put on my heart is challenging us all to think of every day as Christmas. What is the right gift so that when you know it has integrity, it has creativity, it has excellence. There's going to be an excitement in you. And by the way, at, when you come to that real point of faith that you're responding in obedience to the Lord, the person's reaction is very secondary. Whether they get it or don't or appreciate it or not, you're excited because you've been walking in faith and obedience concerning that gift. And so... Um, Oh, I, I do want to challenge you, especially if you're part of our community. Galatians 6.10 
It's a section that talks about bearing one another's burdens, but this isn't bearing a burden. This is bringing a blessing. And it says that we are to do good to all, but especially the household of faith. If God has connected us all together here for this time, for this season, can you imagine a community demonstrating love to each other, doing acts of creative kindness with excellence, building each other up, especially in a season where we're feeling more isolated, when we're feeling separated from each other, this is the time to be intentional, to be investing ourselves in others. And so I, I was reflecting this morning, what, what were a couple of times people made a, an investment in me that I really knew God was a part of? And one of them was, I think, very critical for Lori and I in our ministry and the history for our family. Um, I was uh, at a larger church um, doing counseling and administration and working very hard. And I didn't see it happening, but over time I began to work so hard for people, I began to forget that I, I liked them. Uh, Oswald Chambers says the chief competitor to devotion to Christ can be service for him. So you can get so busy that you forget to spend that get alone time with the Lord. You forget to be getting the assignment from him and you start getting the assignment from your own guilt or your own sense of obligation or your own sense of duty. And and things can fall apart in a hurry. And so Lori and I were more and more in that place, and our dear friends, Nozomo and Kamiko, I don't know if she discerned that I was getting closer to burnout or not, but it was the first time in my life somebody decided to just generously pour into us, and they actually paid for us to go to Toronto again to have an encounter with the Father Heart of God. I believe they paid for our hotel room. It was at a time in early in our, our family life where the, the funds really wouldn't have been available for us to do it. And to be honest, I, it was such a critical shift for me to get back to the Father Heart of God, to get back to the reason why I was serving and not just how I was serving. And that made such a huge uh, contribution. And it was so abnormally generous in my life that it broke something in me. It made me want to experience that same sort of generosity to others. And now I know several of you praying, oh God, put on Charlie's heart to send me somewhere where I can get renewed and refreshed. And, and I'll do it if he says it. So uh, another time it came to mind early, uh, the church where I was a youth pastor, I was preaching my very first sermon. And it was a small little community church in Hawkinson, Washington. And... Uh, so I, I did my sermon, and when I was done, people came up, oh, your message really touched me, thank you, you were, you, was, you were very faithful in what you shared, blah, 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 blah. They call it the glorification of the worm. People feel like they've got to flatter you or compliment you or whatever. And then, and then you try to go, oh, it was all Jesus, you know, whatever, however you respond to it. But one person gave me a gift, and I received it that way, as an older man named Don Hall, who was part of that church. And Don walked up to me, and he said, yeah, you, you did a good job. He said, but... You know, honestly, you should probably take your eyes off of the notes so much and make eye contact with people who are in the, the church. And I realized my first sermon, um, I was largely reading it, and I would occasionally look up, but I was just like staring at my notes. And you know what? It took a risk 
Don could have offended me. I could have gotten frustrated with it. Why is he picking on me? But instead, he was the only guy who gave me the gift of this constructive criticism that could actually help improve the next time I was going to preach. And so for me, that was actually an, an act of kindness that had a risk behind it. So one was very generous and you know, led to a time of renewal and refreshing in my life, and the other was just a simple act that I really feel God put on his heart to, to speak into my life. And so um, I don't know how well I'm bringing home the, 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 the burning desire that I have for this message but the reason I brought up my prayer rug, which, uh, by the way, I've had this over 20 years. Our first international missions trip was to the country of Uzbekistan. And it was very intense. It was uh, 1999, I believe. It was a closed Muslim country. And uh, the atmosphere was pretty dark. Um, and the Lord was getting me up every morning, I think around 5. And I would spend time with him and I would be listening and then at six the sun would be coming up and after a couple of days I couldn't stand just living in the compound anymore I got up and I started doing prayer walks through the neighborhood and just north east south and west blessing the socks out of every business and the police department and the gardens and the homes and the neighborhoods and the, the parks I was everything I could see I would just bless but I did notice a pattern that in my quiet time with the Lord, he would often share with me something to talk about at the conference, something to talk to an individual about, something to step out and do. And, uh, and the pattern became very obvious to me when I was listening and when I responded to what it was he was doing or saying when I was obedient and I shared it, Boom! The power of God in a way that I couldn't, I didn't have to hype, I couldn't manufacture it, I didn't have to tell the other person. Their spirit knew that that really came from the Holy Spirit, and I just began to expect, okay, well, there you go. That's the third rail. That's where the power is, the stuff that God says. So learning that lesson, I went and invested in a Turkish prayer rug, which has been in my office ever since as a physical reminder of the things born in prayer are the things that will have power in other people's lives. You can't even imagine the full impact of what's going to happen this week when you let God put somebody on your mind. Um, I want to challenge you, uh, especially abiding place for the household of faith, and be generous to it with people outside of the household of faith. But God honors when we're loving our brothers and sisters as well and allowing others to love us. So you begin to pray, who are you supposed to bless and how are you supposed to bless them? And don't just get a good idea. I was, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to share this message. I'm going to challenge us to care for one another. I'm going to challenge us to be aware of the community that we're all uh, in together and challenge us to change to do something more extraordinary. So then I sat down and started trying to journal. And you know what? I started coming up with ideas. I started you know, rolling different people through my mind. Could be them, could be them, could be the other. You know, and then, well, what could I do? I could do this, I could do that. And finally, I had to stop myself. It's like, knock it off. You're trying to tell God what you want to do, who you want to bless and how, and that's not what we're doing. I was terrible at it. 
I was shocked. I even in my notes, I'm like, God, I'm not good right now at deciding who to bless or how to even bless them. And so I'm not going to do anything until I know the who and the how. Until I know that he has sent me, that is born on that prayer rug, and the power is going to be there. And so I challenge you to do the same thing. You're not entering into the great adventure of obedience until that you know you've prayed through and you've heard. And then you're responding and trusting based on what you've heard. And so that, that is part of this exercise uh, as well. The other reason I wanted to bring uh, that carpet up, that prayer rug, was uh, later, quite a few years later, I had a dream, and I was standing on uh, the coast, and I could see the ocean, and there was this beautiful white old-fashioned church with a steeple. And uh, the church was on fire, and it was not a good fire, it was a fire of destruction, and so I started like, oh, you know, what can we do? And, you know, how, how do we need to deal with this? And um, so I looked around and I didn't find a hose. All I could find was this little squirt gun. And so in the dream, I grabbed the squirt gun and I pointed the gun toward the bell tower of the steeple of the church. And I started squirting like that. And as I was squirting the stream, gradually was able to get further and further and finally it hit the bell that was in the tower of this little church on the sea and and i heard this little it's like the stream hit the bell and i could hear it just barely make a sound and then all of a sudden the flames immediately became subdued and i thought wow that's really good it took the the, the destruction it took the flames out of what was going on and uh and I realized that that is that prayer of obedience. That is that, it seems inadequate. It seems like it couldn't possibly have the power to extinguish the circumstances around us. But when we hit the mark, when we pray what God wants, and it makes that little ring, and you know that it's from faith, it has the power to extinguish any scheme, any destruction that is intended against your life, the life of your family, the life of your community. And uh, by the way, at the end of the dream, uh, I, as I watched the flames die down, I looked behind me and I saw angels. I knew they were angels and they were on these magnificent battle horses and they were all dressed in armor. And I don't even remember, there must have been a line of maybe 10 of them. And so I walked up to one of them and I started stroking the horse's nose and just, what a sweet horse you are. And uh, and then I'll never forget the angel looked down at me and he kind of acknowledged me and he said, yeah, we've been with you ever since Uzbekistan. And I just thought, oh, wow. It was a prayer about the, it was a, a dream about the power of simple prayer, of the secret place, of walking in that adventure of obedience with the Lord. And so I, uh, I have a verse that I found now several years ago, but I come back to it again and again. Um, as you know, Lori and I are feeling in this season uh, a need like many other people to connect, to be together as a family. And so we are praying right now and really trying to respond in obedience to getting together at least once a week or maybe more 
with uh, small groups of 10 or less in different homes and just worshiping together, praying together, enjoying each other's time and, and relationships and being intentional about how we stay connected and serve each other in this season. And uh, it reminds me what's in my heart and about caring for one another, uh, the verse in Rome, uh, Hebrews 10, and this is the, uh, the Passion Translation, Hebrews 10, 23, I guess it's time for new reading glasses. So Hebrews 10, 23 says, so now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed a habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning the day of the Lord's return and the community that we're ultimately going to be, we might as well start living like it now. So I, I lay before you this challenge and I actually ask you, please, prayerfully, seriously respond. Don't just keep doing the same old things the same old way. And it doesn't have to just be focused on what you're doing to care for one another for this household of faith, but simple acts of kindness as expressions of love that now is coming from a response in faith to prayer of what God has put on your heart. And, you know, set, set a time, decide. Does it need to be this week? Does it need to be, am I going to do just once? Am I going to do one a week? But begin to invest in other people. Begin in faith to invest in other people. Don't just start doing things because I asked you to, but ask the Lord if he has somebody that he wants you to do something for and go and do it. And I guarantee you, regardless of their response or reaction, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be amazed that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to pour out on that circumstance and either your faith is going to become emboldened or their love is going to be increased or the connection that we have together as a community is going to be blessed. So um, honestly, like I was saying, Lori has been tormenting me about this season like never before. Things have to be born in the prayer room. And I am raising my eyes, I'm raising my standards to realize every decision I want to bathe in prayer. Every decision, I want to be able to hear from the Lord. I just want this to be a starting point for me, and I want this to be a starting point for you of walking in a greater empowered life of service than we've ever known before, and it just simply can't happen unless we spend the time with him to get our marching orders, to get that word, and then responding in obedience to that prompting, that pray and obey that can transform a nation, can transform each one of our lives as well. So Father, I just thank you so much. I believe 
you're putting it on all of our hearts to draw near so close to you, to hear like we've never heard, to know the tone of your voice, to know your wisdom, God, the integrity, the excellence, and the creativity of the way you inspire our ideas and our thoughts. And whether we hear your still small voice, God, we are going to learn to discern when it's you. And Lord, we're not going to argue. We're not going to fuss. We're not going to count the cost. We want to be willing and obedient when we know that we know, when we know the when and how, we know the who and how. God, I just pray for each person right now that whether they are experienced and have a lifetime of learning to hear your voice and responding to it or whether they're just starting now to feel like I want to know when it's a God idea and then to respond in faith to it just increase all of our experience now in our prayer rooms and God help us step out of that prayer room and engage in those demonstrations of love that are going to bring you glory are going to heal broken hearts are going to release generosity are going to release uh, the supernatural power of your presence, God, into the lives of those that we love and care for. So thank you. We want to be faithful to care for one another, God. We want to not neglect gathering together in this season. And Lord, we'll do it with safety, but we'll do it with faith. We'll do it with peace and with joy. I thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. And I hope I'm the one God puts on your heart to bless. Yeah. Right.